they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. I'm so excited to be here. My wife doesn't even know the big news. Are you ready, everybody, to hear some big news? Mary, are you reporting for duty? I'm reporting for duty, sir. Well, I just got, uh, while I was doing the interview with Bishop Strickland, I was on the phone calling different stations, and we got 37 new, brand new stations, Catholic stations, to pick up the Bishop Strickland Hour that's coming on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So I'm excited about that. My wife didn't even know that, did you, Mary? No, it didn't. That's exciting. <laughs> well, Mary, I'm excited to be here with you on the Bible with the Barbers. And the title of today's show is Only the Truth Will Set You Free. We're living in some crazy times. I think everybody would agree. So, Mary, before we get to that, we always read the gospel from today's Mass. And I had the honor and pleasure to be with you and our grandson at morning Mass. And so I'd like to read the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. Verse 6 to 12, 14. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not give what is holy to dogs, or throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and tear you to pieces. Do unto others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. Now, how narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life. And those who find it are few. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, you, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Mary, what's that? It's a quick reading, but there's a lot of meat in there. Can you kind of explain what is going on here? There's a lot going on. Jesus tells us not to give what is holy to dogs or to throw your pearls before swine. Mm-hmm. We are not supposed to trample on holy things and we are not supposed to denigrate them or desecrate them. Mm. An example in the old Testament would be after um, Jerusalem was captured by the Babylonians. Yes. And in the book of Daniel, you have this incident where the King of Babylon is having this party for all of his courtiers and, you know, people in his court. And he, he sends for the vessels from the temple of Jerusalem Mm -hmm. to be brought in so that his wives and his soldiers can drink wine out of them. Mm -hmm. So they have taken vessels that were set aside for the worship of God for a sacred purpose, and they're desecrating them. Mm. They are using them for an ignoble purpose. And they bring them into the banqueting hall, and they're desecrating these vessels, and all of a sudden this hand appears writing on the wall. And of course... um, Daniel is able to read the writing and what it it says is that, you know, all right, well, you you desecrated God's temple by taking these vessels from the temple that were made for a holy purpose and used them for an unholy purpose. Mm -hmm. 
and, and I mean, they weren't, it was just a, a, a dinner, right? They're just, they're, we're just drinking wine out of them, but they weren't made for that. Right. They were made to be used in the worship of God. So we don't take what is holy. And by the way, that king died that night. Wow. His kingdom was taken away from him and was divided. <clears throat> and so, yeah, the, the judgment came swiftly on him. He did what was wrong in the eyes of God. And he wasn't a Jew. He didn't know, you know, have full knowledge of what he was doing. But nonetheless, God isn't going to tolerate us. It's, and we've had some unfortunate things happen in our time. And we've had some unfortunate things happen within the church where we had bishops. Apparently, they really looked like they were worshiping a pagan idol yeah. when the Pachamama was brought to the Vatican. Yep. We need to make reparation to God. Amen. But when God is offended, reparation needs to be made. So we don't take the Eucharist. We don't take the church and use it for an ignoble purpose. The church is a place of worship. It's not a multi-purpose building. <laughs> Our church, where Jesus Christ is present in the Blessed Sacrament, is not a multi-purpose building. I remember years ago yeah. when I was living up in the high desert, and you know, we, we had to go into I live we didn't live in Palmdale, so we were 14 miles out of Palmdale. So the, the communities out that were 14 miles, they wanted a, their own church, but they didn't want to build a church, they wanted to build a multi-purpose building. Oh no. And I didn't understand that. I'm like, no, a church is for the worship of God. You know, animals don't build churches. You know, birds build nests and foxes have lairs, but they don't build temples to worship God and they don't build cathedrals. Right. You know, what would you say if you, Bishop, um, excuse me, G.K. Chesterton in his book, The Everlasting Man, asked the question, you know, sure, birds build nests, but what would you say if you saw a bird building a cathedral? <laughs> a pretty rare bird. You know? <laughs> That's a good one. Right. And so what's, what's, what's for the worship of God is for the worship of God. Amen. And we have to be careful that we don't parade things around. And I remember when I first met you and you had me go pray mm -hmm. with you before the abortion clinic in, yes. in uh, on Santa Anita in El Monte. Yes. Clinica Eva. And it was interesting because there were some women there who were there to protect Clinica Eva from us terrorists who were praying the rosary. Right. And what I found though, is they weren't making fun of us. They were making fun of the prayers. They were going after the prayers. They were making fun of our blessed mother. Mm. And I thought, wait a minute, is this, am I casting my pearls before swine in this situation? Yeah. Is it right for me to pray in front of these people? And then you suggested on one Saturday, you suggested next week, we'll come an hour early and they won't be here. And I thought that's great. Cause then they, they can't make fun of the prayers. Mm -hmm. They can't be committing blasphemy. So I thought that was great. That that's a whole other story. But <laughs> that is that was thirty. There were lots ago. of people there next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's for sure. And they weren't there to pray with us. You know what, Mary? Just a side note: that whole story is in our book, "How to Share Your Faith with Anyone." And if people want to get that book on evangelization, they can call eight seven seven five two six two one five one because that story at the abortion clinic is worth it. Right in that, it's it's worth it. Continue, and, and my so, love. To continue on here, so the, the, the deal is we don't desecrate what's holy. And when we see it desecrated, we need to make reparation. Yeah, We need to go before. Bishop Sheen has that beautiful story. I believe it was in China when it, the communists right. took over. Yep. China. Yep. And this Catholic church was desecrated by the communists. Mm -hmm. And they came in and they threw the hosts. And they broke into the tabernacle and threw the hosts on the ground. And they had the priest under arrest, but he was under house arrest and he couldn't get out of his house. He couldn't come into the church. He had guards guarding him. 
But this little girl from his parish, she came in the window at night. She climbed into the window of the church at night. And every night, I believe there were 40 hosts yep. every night because father had counted them. There were every night for 40 nights. She came back and she would make a holy hour. And then she didn't touch the host. She didn't pick it up with her fingers. Nope. She put her face to the ground and consumed one host a night. That's right. She came back for 40 nights. And on the 40th night, after she had consumed the last host, they caught her. The communists caught her. And she was martyred. But she didn't go around complaining or, or talking about. She made reparation. She came into the church every night for 40 nights. And, and here she was, and, and the bishop saw this. Yes. And, and just the beautiful witness of this young woman. I don't remember if it was a child, child, or. But she was only 14. 14. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just getting into womanhood. And here she was, risking her for 40 nights, she came back. To honor Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. She just didn't come back and, oh, let me get quick, grab a host and run. No, she, she came in, made a holy hour, and then she didn't touch the host with her hand. She consumed the host by putting her face to the ground and putting out her tongue to pick Jesus up on her tongue. Right. So and she died a martyr for the faith. And I just think that's, you know, just well, what an example of making reparation. Well, you know, Mary, that story made me realize making visits to the Blessed Sacrament are so important. Now, she was living in a very different country uh, where she didn't have the freedom, but look at the sacrifice she made. Here we can go to Catholic churches, make visits to the Blessed Sacrament, and not get killed, at least at this point in our game, or in the life right here. But the point of it is, I think this, this story should ensure and should really encourage us as Catholics to make the visits to the Blessed Sacrament, the, 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 the value of going and visiting Jesus is really out of this world. And I think that story is really a great story to inspire me to, to make more visits to see Jesus. So, Mary, thanks for sharing that story. Mary, before we go to a break, I want to remind everybody that uh, good news. I mentioned about Bishop Strickland. He's now um, going to be our a weekly show like the Bible with the Barbers. We have also now Bishop Strickland coming on. Over 120 stations have agreed to carry that nationwide. So we're excited about that. And I want to just thank our supporters at Virgin Most Powerful because we could never have done that without them. And this is an easy way to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. It's kind of like the Amazon smile that's on our website. Well, we have another one. Go to couponbird.com. I'll repeat it again. Go to couponbird.com and search the Catholic Resource Center and press join now That'll that, on the seeding project, and you'll get a discount, and we get a percentage of whatever you purchase online using this go to couponbird.com. Consider shopping with Coupon Birds, and it'll support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Also, I want to remind everybody, we also have a new show coming up uh, with Dr. Sandoval. That's another one coming up uh, where we're going to be talking on mental health. Uh, he's a psychiatrist, and he's also a person who is on the board with the Diocese of Orange regarding spiritual warfare. So he evaluates people who think maybe they're being, they need to be exercised. So this is going to be a good show. You're listening right now to The Bible with the Barbers. Mary Danielle Barber and Terry Barber are here. And when we come back, we'll continue to talk about our topic now, which is only the truth will set you free on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Don't turn that dial. We'll be right back with a big grin. 
This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. I want to remind everybody, if you're in Southern California, tonight at 7 p.m., Mary Danielle will be leading a Bible study here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. The address, what is our address? 126 South 5th Street in Covina. And uh, we'd love to have you come, 7 p.m. tonight, every Tuesday. Mary Danielle, um, we were talking about the title of our Bible study, Only the Truth Will Set You Free. It seems right now in our world that we're living in, especially in America, is the truth is the furthest thing away from anybody's mind. It seems like uh, if I feel like I want to do something, I'll do it, and I don't have any moral guidance at all. It seems like uh, that we're, we're almost running wild, you know, people uh, looting, people knocking statues over, uh, not even uh, having any kind of consequences to doing this work or this work, this, this, these, these bad actions. And so what do we mean by uh, only the truth will set us free? Well, first of all, what is truth? Yeah, that's and, and that's a big question in our time. A lot of people, you'll hear people say things like, well, mm -hmm. that's your truth. Yeah. <laughs> that's not my truth. You have your truth and I have my truth. I get it. And the other thing is oftentimes, and I've heard this much in the last 20 years, is, yes. well, how do you feel about that? <laughs> We're not asking people any longer how they think. So we need to come back to a basic 
definition of what is truth. Yeah. And truth is when the mind adapts itself, the human mind adapts itself to reality. Okay. Yep. So for the man who jumps off the, 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 the cliff and says, nothing's going to happen to me because there's no gravity and I'll just float down like a feather and land softly on the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, 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 I've been told that the free fall can be rather exhilarating. Absolutely. But when you hit the ground at the bottom, it's not going to be exhilarating at all. <laughs> and um, I had a niece who was hiking one time and she, she realized she was dehydrated and she needed water and she was up on a, a hill and she realized that she could hear water below. So she started climbing down this cliff. It wasn't a total cliff, but it was, you could climb down. And she got to a point where she realized I can't go down any further. <laughs> so she started to try and go back up. Uh-oh. And as she, but she, because she was dehydrated, she didn't have the faculties to do it. Mm-hmm. And she slipped and she fell. And she said, you know, the free fall was actually rather exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Probably the only reason she didn't die is because she fell through a tree oh, and great. it slowed her down. <laughs> now she broke several bones and, oh, no. and, you know, got banged up pretty bad. Mm. And she was in a canyon, had to be man lifted out. They couldn't even get a helicopter and they had to be man lift her out wow. and get her to where a helicopter could come and airlift her, but she survived. Yep. But the deal was, she said the fall was rather exhilarating. But the reality is, is gravity exists outside of me, regardless of how I feel about it or how I think about it. The world is round, regardless of how I feel about it, how I think about it. There are realities that exist outside of me, mm-hmm. independent of me. And if my mind will adapt itself to those realities, then I will find the truth. And one of the greatest realities that exists outside of us, as a matter of fact, the greatest, the one that causes all of the realities to exist is God. Mm-hmm. And the exist that, the, that there is a God is not an article of faith. And I really want to emphasize this. Mm-hmm. People, oh, well, that's your truth. You know, God, that's your truth. He's, he's true for you, but he's not. No, as a matter of fact, if you're intellectually honest, God is real. So for the militant atheist, the only thing that gives him any sanity is the reality of God, because it is absolutely insane to militate against what doesn't exist. So if there is no God for all those militant atheists out there, the only thing that gives you any sanity is that God is real. Mm-hmm. And you don't need faith to know that. We can know the existence of God from the order in the universe, from the effects, from the goodness that we see around us. That's right. That there is a God that there had, if there, if, if something exists, something had to cause it to exist. And, and that's God. So that's not an article of faith. So if we can adapt our mind to that truth, it gives us freedom. It, 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 and when we do not adapt our mind to the truth, we actually aren't being free. Mm-hmm. And in our society, I mean, we could point out some of the, some of the lies, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, uh, people decide whether what their gender is. Mm-hmm. Well, no, actually, you, you know, it's, it is in your DNA. You're either male, XY, or female, XX. The chromosomes, it's in your chromosomes, it's there. That's in your DNA. You were born that way. And that's the way you're born. Yep. So you're either male or female. End of story. Um, the other things don't, the other things are not, an, the mind isn't adapting itself to the reality that exists around it. So we want to try and adapt our minds to the reality. And did Jesus have anything to say about this? Well, actually, if you go through the New Testament, there's quite a lot to say about truth. Mm -hmm. But particularly in the eighth chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus is talking to the Jews. 
And he's telling them that um, who he is. They, and they say, well, who are you? And he said, even as I told you from the beginning, I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. Mm -hmm. He's speaking of the father in heaven. The father is true. They did not understand that he spoke of the father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak thus as the father taught me. And he who sent me is with me and he has not left me alone for I always do what is pleasing to him. And he was speaking this as he spoke this way, many believed in him. And then Jesus says to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered, we are descendants of Abraham. We have never been bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be truly free? And Jesus says what? Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues in the house forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So Jesus says the truth will make us free. Is the truth some kind of an abstract concept? Or is it more than that? Right. Later on in the gospel of John, when Jesus is telling his disciples he's going away and that they know the way he's going, they're like, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How can we know the way? <laughs> and he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So the truth isn't just an abstract concept. The truth is a person. God exists independent of my perception of God. And since now I can know that God exists without faith, but I cannot know who God is in himself without faith. But if God revealed himself to me, if he gave a revelation that teaches me who he is, then it behooves me to try to come to know that revelation because it's only in knowing him as he is that I will be free. Just like I'm not free of gravity. Right. And so I can't just jump off any large, large object or tall building without having serious negative consequences to my body. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the fall that hurts. It's that sudden stop at the end. Amen. If you happen to fall through a tree on the way down, it might not hurt as much. <laughs> you know? yep. but, but we need to adapt our minds to the truth that God has revealed. God has revealed himself to us. And yes, it takes faith to believe in the revelation of God. That does take faith. Mm -hmm. But you know, faith is a gift. And if you want it, you can ask for it. Amen. We can ask for the gift of faith. And so Jesus says that he is the truth, that he's the one who reveals the truth to us. Because why? Because he says, the one who sent me is true. Well, the one who sent him is the father. The father is true. And Jesus reveals the father to us. We wouldn't know that God was a father, except that we know that he has a son. Because his son reveals the father to us. Right. So Jesus requires more of his followers than just a superficial um, lip service to him. Right. He requires us to rearrange our thought patterns. He requires us to really change, you know, 
we have this thing in us called sin. Yep. And, and it, it actually warps the way we see things. And it makes it difficult for us to know the truth. And even though, you know, in baptism, original sin is removed, its effects aren't removed. So we still have the effects of original sin, which darkens the intellect and weakens the will. The will was made to choose the good, but God is the good. Mm -hmm. God is the true. We are supposed to make the good, the true, and the beautiful God. We were made to choose God. And with our, with the, the wounds of original sin, even if original sin has been removed, the wounds are still there. We still suffer the effects of original sin. And so our intellect is darkened. It's not as easy for us to know the truth, the true truth, and our will is weakened. So it's not as easy for us to choose the good. We're inclined to choose what feels good, what makes me happy in the moment, even if it doesn't give me long-term happiness, even if it makes me a slave. And we want to talk about that in the next section. We want to talk about what that slavery is. Absolutely. We really want, yeah, we really want to emphasize that God does exist outside of us and that he is who he is independent of how I think about him or how I feel about him. And if he revealed himself to us and he said he revealed himself in the Old and New Testament, then it behooves us to come to know that revelation. And it's only in knowing his revelation of himself to us that we're going to find true freedom. Absolutely. You know, Mary, I think of what St. Pope John Paul II said years ago when he said, deepen your knowledge of Jesus. This ends loneliness. It overcomes sadness and uncertainty and gives real meaning to life. It curbs the passions. It exalts the ideals. It expands energies and charity, brings light into decisive choices. And then he says, let Jesus Christ be for you the way, the truth, and the life. And he said that and it just sits, it fits right into what you're saying. And when we come back from our break, we'll, we'll unravel that even more. I want to just mention, it seems to me that there's a big lie in our culture right now. And that lie is that we can live our life without God. It seems like that's what's happening. And, and on Thursday, uh, the Terry and Jesse show will have Dr. Maza. And what we're going to be talking about is America living it's French Revolution at this moment. Are we trying to throw God out of the culture? Yeah, you know, that's the question that Dr. Maza puts into perspective from a scholarly perspective as a historian. And we'll do that on Thursday on the Bible, with, excuse me, with the Terry and Jesse show. I want to also thank all of our listeners uh, who, who support the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you'd like to become a monthly donor, we have many people who receive many hours of catechesis because they're a $25 a month donor. If you want to become one, call us at 877-526-215 and you get hundreds of dollars worth of recordings that were with St. Joseph Communications that go to you via your computer by donating $25 a month for Virgin Most Powerful. Call 877-526-215 and we'll be back with more on the Bible with the Barbers.
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. Healthcare news Ecuador, today seems to be coming from everywhere and everyone. It's confusing, at least, and untrustworthy at the worst. Dr. Aceta is a faithful Catholic in the Kern County community. He is trustworthy, well-researched, and will only give expert opinion on matters in his own specialty. Catholic teaching at its entirety is of utmost importance to Dr. Aceta. Give Dr. Aceta a call for your obstetrics and gynecological needs at 661-695-6617. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. I'd forgotten to mention, they just told me about the Steve Ray conference. He did a bird's eye view of the Old Testament of salvation history last week. And if you'd like to get that, you can go online to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. It's four hours of teachings and wow, it was a, it was an amazing event. I was there last Saturday, and if you'd like to get a copy of that, call 877-526-2151 or go online to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Mary Danielle, we're talking about only the truth will set us free in a world that acts like uh, we don't even know what truth is. You have your truth, I have my truth. Where are we going next on this? Go ahead. So we want to realize that Jesus Christ himself is the truth and he is the one. And what has he come to do? It's only when we know the truth and Jesus Christ, knowing Christ himself, that our God became man to save us. All right. And it means realizing that the inaccessible God became man. He became our friend. And just another quote from Pope John Paul II. He said, Christ meets the man of every age, including our own, with the same words, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen. These words contain both a fundamental requirement and a warning, the requirement of an honest relationship with regard to truth as a condition for authentic freedom. So if we're not being honest in relationship to truth, if we don't adapt ourselves to the truth, if we try and um, make the truth adapt to what I want to think, then we, we don't have real freedom. Right. And the warning to avoid every kind of illusory freedom 
even superficial unilateral freedom, every freedom that fails to enter into the whole truth about man and the world. And what is the whole truth about man? Man was made for God. Amen. The world was made by God to bring man to the knowledge of God. Today also, even after 2,000 years, we see Christ as the one who brings man freedom based on truth. Frees man from what curtails, diminishes as it were, breaks off this freedom at its root in man's soul, his heart, and his conscience. What a stupendous confirmation of this has been given and is still being given by those who, thanks to Christ and in Christ, have reached true freedom and manifested even in the situation of external constraint. What is he referring to? There are people today who are dying for Jesus Christ. Amen. As a witness to Jesus Christ, they are going to prison and to death rather than give up their freedom as Christians, rather than give up true faith in Jesus Christ. Because what? There are a lot of people who could avoid imprisonment and death if they would just say, look, I'll conform to the truth of the world. I'll buy into your lie. I'll just be comfortable and complacent. Mm -hmm. But what is that lie? That lie is to deny the truth. And when you buy into a lie, you actually, the liar actually loses his own integration. Yep. As when, when I lie, I know that what I'm saying is not in conformity with reality. Because one who lies tells as true what he knows to be false or tells as false, he tries to falsify something that's true. Okay, for instance, the big lie in our world, God doesn't exist. That's a lie. And we don't even need faith to know that God exists. Right. And that's sin. To deny God is to sin. And that's what makes us slaves. It's not truth. It's not the Ten Commandments that make us slaves. The Ten Commandments are the guideposts to freedom. It's when we live a virtuous, disciplined life. And even the pagans, Socrates knew this. Plato knew it. Mm -hmm. Aristotle knew this. Yep. They knew that in order to come to a true knowledge of God, we had to live a disciplined, virtuous life because our flesh tends to enslave us in its own disordered passions. And we find that in our own flesh. St. Paul talks about that. You know, I, I find this war in my members in the book of Romans, mm -hmm. you know, where the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the evil I don't want to do, I do. Who's going to save me from this, you know, this wretched man that I am? I, I see this in my, this war in my own flesh, where I'm constantly at war with myself to do the good that I know I should be doing and to avoid the evil I know I should avoid, but I find myself falling into. Jesus Christ frees us and he frees us for freedom. And that freedom that he calls us to is a union with God on earth. The second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Son, and yes, you need faith to believe this, the Son of God became man. And he became man because man had lost his relationship with God. When God made man, God made man in union with God. He gave him grace and he was living in union with God, but God gave him a commandment. Don't eat of this one tree. And man disobeyed. And when he disobeyed, he lost his freedom. Because when he disobeyed God, he lost grace, and now he became a slave to the disordered passions of his body, which by the grace of God had been perfectly ordered before his sin. 
And that's what we all experience. We have the disordered passions of our body and we're slaves to ourselves. You know, I ask any addict, they know themselves to be a slave in the dungeon of a false God. You know, they don't like their addiction. They don't like themselves. And the trick is we need to learn to turn ourselves back over to God. We are called to be children of God. This is the basic truth. God made us. He is really our father. And in baptism, he makes us his children in an intimate, personal way. The Trinity comes to dwell in our soul. So the most basic truth about man is that he came from God and he's going to God. And that everything, basic truth about this world is that God created this world in order to reflect his goodness so that man would be led to him, the creator. And Paul talks about this also in Romans. Sure. That everybody could know just from looking at the goodness in the world that God exists. That's all they have to do is be honest about what they see around them. Mm -hmm. But rather than do that, they would rather give in to their disordered passions and live a life of slavery to their disordered passions, doing things that are, shouldn't even be mentioned. He says the things these do people do in secret shouldn't even, he's talking about the sins people commit, right? We shouldn't go around talking about people's sins. We're supposed to talk about the goodness of God and his glory and his truth. And St. John Paul II has given us so many wonderful examples of, you know, following Christ I don't know how many people remember, but during the pontificate of St. John Paul II, there were more canonizations and beatifications Mm -hmm. in his pontificate than there had been in the previous thousand years. That's right. (laughs) You know, it it was amazing. And what was he telling us? The way to freedom is to follow the law of God, is to become who God made you to be, to give up your sin. But that's, there's the catch, right? To give up your sin to change the way you think, to adapt your mind to the truth of Christ rather than living in slavery. And we were going to talk, I promised we'd talk about that. That's right. What is, what is it that Christ came to free us from? What does the truth free us from? It frees us from the slavery to sin. Amen. You know, it's interesting. We had a beautiful sermon on Sunday and the priest mentioned something. He said, you know, you have small-minded people who want to reduce the world to one idea, for example, Engels and Marx. And what was their one idea? (laughs) Well, that there is this war between, yeah, the the struggle, the the struggle of the the class struggle that's going on. That's right. You have those who have and those who have not. And this is is the history of the world. Mm -hmm. Really? Well, (laughs) well, let's see about that now. What was the first death that we know of, human death that occurred? Uh, the first death was uh, when Cain killed Abel. Class struggle, Cain and Abel were brothers. They belonged to the same class. By the way, they belonged to the same race. They were the same color. Um, Cain killed Abel. Why? Because Cain was jealous of Abel. The jealousy in his heart made him want to kill his brother. And God told him, he said, Cain, sin is lurking at the door, but you can be its master. But Cain refused to listen to God and he killed Abel anyway. Yep. Well, then, then we have, you know, another, you know, we have Noah and the flood and, and, and we have one of Noah's sons commit incest with his mother. And how do we know that? Because when Noah wakes up, he doesn't say curse. He doesn't curse his son. He says, cursed be Canaan. <laughs> Who was Canaan? The child of the incest. Mm-hmm. And then you have on and on throughout history. And it, it, it's called sin. 
Sin has eroded away our relationship with each other. It breaks down the family. Right. It's one big family feud, as Scott Hahn always used to say, and it's true. <laughs> yep. it's, right? You know, what happened in the beginning? Adam, you know, Adam and Eve are there at the tree and they're looking at it. They shouldn't even be there because God told them not to eat it. That's called avoid, you know, you avoid the near occasion of sin. So you don't go around that tree. Right. And um, the serpent is there and he speaks to Eve and Adam is silent and Eve takes the fruit and says, yeah, it looks good. I mean, it would be great to have this knowledge that God's keeping from us. God's keeping something from us. Wow. You know, and we can have it for ourselves. We don't need God to give it to us. We can take it for ourselves. So she gives some of the fruit to her, to Adam, who was with her. And then when God comes and says, where are you, Adam? Like God didn't know. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm, I, I, I hid myself because I was naked. Well, so you've eaten of the tree. Well, the woman you put here, God, <laughs> so Adam doesn't own up to his sin. He right. passes the buck right away. This, this struggle within the family. Right. And, and it's not about a class struggle. It's about what sin has done. It's about the invasion of sin into the perfect paradise that God made. And you have it, Jacob and Esau, they were fighting in the womb before they were even born. Now, fortunately, they reconciled later on in life, but they had a tumultuous time and, and Jacob steals Esau's birthright, but Esau sold it for a pot, for a, a bowl of soup, right? So right. It, it's a funny situation, but again, it's, it's not, yeah, you have struggles between races and whatever, because you have struggles because we're sinners and we're jealous of one another. Joseph's brothers, Joseph of Egypt, who sold him to Egypt as a slave? Mm-hmm. His brothers. Amen. Like his blood brothers, <laughs> his father's sons. Right. You know, 11 of his father's sons got together and sold him as a slave into Egypt. Oh, gee class struggle they belonged to the same class they belonged to the same family but they were jealous weren't they because joseph was the favorite brother so so again it it, god god came to free us from this he came to free us from this sin that puts us at odds not only with our brother but with others with ourselves mary let me jump in because we're going to take a quick break you're talking also about original sin something that our world could learn a lot about what's going on in our culture right now we have a propensity to sin we have Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. When we come back, we'll finish up this Bible with the Barber series on The Truth Will Set You Free. And I thank you again for listening to the Bible with the Barbers. And don't forget, Mary will be doing a Bible study tonight at 7 p.m. at the chapel in Covina. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family.
How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. I wanted to mention something before I throw it back to Mary, and that is there's a young man that I know fine young man. He went to John Paul II uh, University out in uh, San Diego, like my wife, and he's in the film and theater, and he is looking for a place to stay in West L.A., the west part of town. He'll pay rent, but he's just looking for a fine uh, couple or maybe an elderly couple who, who would like to get a little extra money, but also he needs a place to stay, and he's someone I would endorse completely. I know I know his father and mother quite well, so if you do have someone like that listening, call me at 661-972-7872, and I'd be happy to put you two together. All right, Mary Danielle, we're on our last segment talking about only the truth will set us free. Uh, Let's continue. And so we want to ask, well, what is this freedom? And again, a freedom from the slavery of sin. Mm -hmm. And Thomas Aquinas tells us, you know, one one of the things here, and this is one of the things we get wrong. We think that because Jesus came, then we're going to be free from all struggle in life. No, that's not what Jesus came to free us from. He didn't come. Jesus came and he endured injustice. He endured struggle. He endured hunger. He endured cold. He endured heat. He endured the struggles of life. The str- Just because he came to redeem us doesn't mean he removed the effects of original sin. The world is not the perfect world that God created in paradise, where there was no suffering, there was no illness, there was no death. So, for instance, with this whole COVID thing or, or you know, vitamin companies who say reduce, reduce your risk of mortality. And essentially, that's what, what the, Dr. Tony Fauci and Bill Gates are. Oh, reduce your risk of mortality. Don't get COVID-19. Well, you know what? You're going to die of something. <laughs> and I'm not saying go out there and deliberately get COVID-19. Right the nasty flu. I'm granted, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, but it's a flu. And the reality is we are all going to die and you're not going to reduce your risk of mortality. You're also not going to reduce your risk of suffering in terms. That's not what, what the freedom Jesus is talking about. 
Now, that doesn't mean go out and look for suffering or cause yourself suffering. That's not right. That's not what the Christian way is. We're not masochists, but we're also not sadistic. We don't try and cause suffering to others, right. which people in this world do, unfortunately. Um, people who impose abortion on women, they, 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 the truth of, about abortion is that you know, over 75% of the women, um, they're not choosing it freely. They're being forced. Right. They're being coerced. And it's like, oh, it's, it's either 60 or 75%. It's, it's between 60 and 75%. They're not freely choosing it at all. It's being forced on them. And that's just in our country. In some countries, it's 100%, like China. Okay, but what does Thomas say? He says that the freedom that God is giving us is, first of all, freedom from untruth. When we do not adapt our minds to the reality that exists independent of us, and that is God and the world he made and you know the laws of nature that he made, when we don't adapt our mind to those things that exist outside of us, independent of us, we're not free. We're actually being slaves. We also, <clears throat> he also wants to liberate us from the, from the slavery of sin. Anyone who sins is a slave of sin, Jesus said. And no slave will have a permanent place in the father's house. Unless the son sets you free. And the son sets you free from what? From sin. And that doesn't mean that we're dunghills covered with snow and he just covers over our sin. No, Jesus really gives us that his, his grace is really transformative. Mm -hmm. He transforms us from within so that we become living images of Christ. And Christ can shine through us and we actually can give up sin and our attachment to sin. We need to struggle at this every day. We need to guard our every thought, was it the priest said last night in his sermon, we went to the St. Charbel Mass for the St. Charbel Healing Mass. Mm -hmm. Father said We have to guard every thought that we have and ask ourselves, is this thought a godly thought? Is this thought leading me to God? Or is this thought an ungodly thought and leading me away from God? I was like, wow, when was the last time I heard a priest say that? Yeah, that's powerful. Thought, yes, yes, we have to work that hard. We need to work hard at the spiritual life. It's arduous, mm -hmm. but we have to know that God has given us himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ in the Eucharist is our food for the journey. The Holy Spirit lives in us to strengthen us to live the truth. So not a freedom from suffering, but a freedom from untruth, a freedom from the slavery to sin, and a freedom for something, a freedom for union with God, which will eventually mean living in eternity with God, a freedom for union with God. So it's not just freedom from, it's freedom for. When we give up our sins, then we're free to live in union with God. The saints were able to face suffering and death with joy because the joy that was in them came from their union with God. And this is something our world doesn't understand. It's something we've lost is our hope, yeah. our hope for eternal life. This was what will set us free. We are dearly beloved. We are God's children now. What we will later be has not yet come to be to light. Yeah. But when it does, we know we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. We will never be God. We're not saying we're going to become gods, 
but we will live in union with God for all eternity. We will be able to praise him. And we're supposed to begin that now. We're supposed to begin praising the Lord now for the good that he is, for the good that he does, for the truth that he is. Mary, let me jump in. If someone was going, oh my gosh, I need to get the confession. You're saying I got to get rid of sin. But if the person who's thinking like that says, well, you know, with the COVID-19, I haven't been to confession in months. And I don't yeah. know. I mean, can I? Can God still forgive me because I did so many bad things? Of course God can forgive you. Right. There's nothing you can do that God can't forgive. But how would you encourage someone who had been away from the church for months now in the sense of the sacrament of confession because they used to go off? And what advice would you give that person? I would say trust Jesus and say, you know what, Lord Jesus, I renounce the fear and I make the resolution to go to confession right now. I will call a priest and make an, an appointment. And if I can't get an appointment, I know there are scheduled confessions at parishes. You can go online and look at the chapel here, Sacred Heart Historic Sacred Heart Chapel this Saturday from 3 p.m. in the afternoon till about 4.45 or 4.50. Father will hear confessions. And if there's still more people that need to go, if he can, he will hear confessions after mass. Again, on Sunday morning, he will hear confessions. I know St. There are many parishes that have scheduled confessions now. So look online, check your local parish. Many of them say, well, we'll hear confessions by appointment. Call a priest today mm. and say, Father, I want to go to confession today. Can I, or I want to go to confession soon. Can I make an appointment with you today, tomorrow, the next day, but as soon as possible and trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Mary, I just want to encourage our listeners that story you gave at the beginning of the show about the 14-year-old girl from China that Bishop Keen yeah. told the story. What an inspiration for all of us to go visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Don't put it off because there could be a day in our own country where we won't be able to get into our churches. I know that sounded funny a year ago, but it doesn't sound that odd now because we went through that. And so take advantage of visiting our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And don't forget... Ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day, because if you don't do that, your faith will not grow. It will grow, I promise you, if you ask Jesus for more faith. Your thoughts, Mary. And amen. And, and if you're a mom with lots of little children or a family with lots of little children, it doesn't have to be an hour. But bring your children to Jesus in the Blessed amen. Sacrament. Explain to them that he's there. Teach them to speak to him with confidence mm. as a friend, as a brother, as someone who loves them as their savior. And, you know, start with little increments and, and bring little books that you can read to them, mm. uh, you know, little Bible books. And sure. when you pray the rosary at home, have a Bible picture book or read some of the scripture passages. The older children can read them and make the prayer come alive so that they understand that this is a relationship with someone who loves me. And if you can't, I mean, if your children are sick and you can't get to church, you know what? I remember when our kids were little <laughs> and it never, I understood by the grace of God, I understood if my children are sick, my holy hour is now at the foot of the cross at the bedside of my sick child. Amen. When I spend an hour cold packing my child to keep their fever down, I am making my holy hour. And Jesus, I'm serving you in this sick child. And I ask you to touch this child and be present to this child now in their suffering and help us to offer this suffering in a manner that will bring you glory and, and bring us a share in your glory. 
You know, when we offer up our sufferings, this is what we want to do. We want to glorify the Father's name, bring about his kingdom and do his will. And in addition to that, we are obtaining for ourselves a degree of glory that God himself has prepared for us. Right. He wants to share his glory with us. But that means for us to be conformed to his will and to do the good works that he has prepared for us. And the first sign of the good works God has prepared for us is the duties of our state in life. So when your children are sick, when you're serving, you know, in your family, there's someone sick and you can't get to church. Well, then your holy hour is there and do try and pray with people who are sick. Doesn't have to be long prayers because sometimes when people are sick, they can't concentrate, but short prayers and pray with them, but be present to Christ in the suffering. Yeah. Mary. Also, I just want to encourage people who uh, are not able to get to the sacraments with your loved ones who are dying Praying the chaplet of divine mercy is probably the best thing after that. Would you say that that's a good thing to do, Mary? Absolutely. Pray the rosary at their bedside. And Jesus has made some very profound promises about mm -hmm. anyone who, who the, the, the chaplet of mercy is prayed at their bedside. Powerful. They're dying. Powerful. So pray that chaplet of mercy with, with your suffering family. And, it, and if the hospitals aren't letting you in, well, then call on the phone and pray the chaplet of mercy over the phone. Right. Very Teach it to the nurses and ask the nurses to pray it because there's lots of Catholic nurses out there who've been more than happy to walk in and do that. Amen. I remember once when I was um, serving as a nurse aide at a hospital and uh -huh. one of the ladies asked me to read the Psalms for her and I said, well, when I get off my shift, I'll come back and do that. And so I did. I came back after my shift was over and I went to her bedside and we read Psalms together. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautiful. It blesses the person who's doing it also. It's really a mutual thing. Mary, I hear the music. We This hour went by really, really fast. I want to recommend to our listeners to pass this Bible study on to their friends using social media. Also, tonight at 7 p.m., I want to remind you, the Bible study every Tuesday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Mary Danielle will be leading a Bible study. Love to see you there. May God richly bless you and your family. And thanks again for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We try to promote the truth with charity and clarity. May God bless you and your family. St. Faustina's prayer, prayer for priests. O oh my, oh my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf, behalf of the whole church, grant it granted love, love and the light, and the light of, thy of thy spirit, and give and power, to, power the to the words of priests, so that so hardened, hardened hearts, hearts might be brought, be brought to repentance and return, and return to, thee, to thee, O Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord give, us, give holy us holy priests. Thou thyself, thyself maintain, maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin most powerful, pray for us. Virgin, Virgin Most Powerful, Powerful Radio. Radio, sharing the, sharing the gospel and charity.